Well, happy Thanksgiving, church. He's, he's looking forward to the casserole. I'm looking forward to the turkey. Um, so I am so excited. And, and by the way, I just, in, in line with what our pastor just shared, I, I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for you and all that you've meant. I'm thankful for my wife, my children. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for our pastor and his wife, Brooke. And all that they do for the, you guys don't understand the hours he puts in. He, he doesn't stand back and let people do. He rolls up his sleeves along with the staff. I'm, I'm thankful for this staff. I'm thankful for the deacons. I've been in church life for a very long time, uh, almost 40 years. And I got to tell you, I've never seen a deacon body so unified, works together so well. Just, it's amazing to be a part of that. So I, I want to thank them for all that they do and their families, um, the music ministry for all that they're doing, the children's ministry, Sarah. Let's keep praying for Sarah and pray that God will continue to bless her for Don and the work he's doing with the youth and the amazing results we're getting for the Spanish ministry. I'm just so thankful this morning and I, I'm overwhelmed that I've been asked to, uh, to preach, but today as we recognize that we're 34 days away from Christmas, 34 days, start counting, and uh, we recognize that everything that we go through just adds to our level of stress if we're honest about it, and I want to talk to you about that today. I want you to turn with me to the 10th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. If you would be so kind as to stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to be reading from the 10th chapter beginning in the 38th verse. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. And it reads something like this in your Bible. I'm reading from the New King James. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Also, she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to Martha, 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 you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will be taken, which will not be taken away from her. And I'd like to use as a subject this morning, how can I do it? How can I do it? Let's pray. Father, we ask you this morning, in a way that only you can, that you would speak to us in a mighty way. Father, prepare our hearts and our minds for what you have for us. I pray that you would hide me behind your spirit and your words would be both spoken 
and no question about it, your words be heard this morning. Father, we need to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Father, we thank you this morning that you have given us this privilege. Father, I pray that be less of me and more of you. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name, and the church said, amen. You may be seated. How can I do it? First of all, I want to share with you that we've all got an it to deal with. We've all got something that we are struggling with. We've all got something that we have a little bit of anxiety about. We've got something that is stressing us out. And I want to talk to you this morning about a story found in Scripture that we just read from the Gospel of Luke. It is extremely simple, but I believe there is so much in this story that I believe we will hear from Jesus himself this morning. We have seen and heard about this story, and if you've grown up in church, you know about Martha. And between you and I, I think Martha has gotten a bad rap. I, I think we, we've thrown stones at Martha and said, oh, look at her. Who does she think she is speaking to Jesus that way? But I've got to be honest with you this morning, and I think we've all been there at one point or another, and we've asked ourselves, Lord, how can I do it? How can I get it done? And, 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 and we all have that it that we're struggling with. And if you're anything like me, you probably have multiple it's. And you're trying to ask yourself, how can I do it? So let's, let's just jump right in. Let's, let's just spend a few minutes and, and look at this story and see what it is that God would have us to learn. First of all, let's talk about Martha's dilemma. The Bible teaches us that Jesus was traveling towards Jerusalem in order to visit Jerusalem, it was customary for a Jewish family to visit Jerusalem at least four times a year to be part of these festivals, to be part of these celebrations, one being Passover, one being Pentecost, one being the, the, the Feast of Tabernacles, and, and, and they would travel into Jerusalem, and now here they are passing by a city about two miles east at the Mount of uh, the Mount of Olives, at the base of the Mount of Olives, was a small city called Bethany. And the Bible teaches us throughout the gospel presentation that Jesus had, had established a wonderful relationship with this family that had three people in it. We don't know much about their background. We don't know much about their family life. But we know that there were three people in this family. It was Martha, Mary, and we all know about Lazarus, their brother. Three siblings that, according to the stories in Scripture, they lived together and they uh, don't know what they went through, don't know if Martha was a widow. We don't know anything about them. However, what we do know is that Jesus had established a very close bond with this family. And they, anytime Jesus would pass through Bethany to get into Jerusalem, he would make sure that he stopped by the house of Martha and Mary and Lazarus. 
And on this occasion, Luke chapter 10 tells us that he had passed through. Now, in those days, they didn't have a cell phone. They didn't have email. They didn't have text. They didn't have tweets. There was no way of Jesus to send a message ahead of time to say, hey, guys, I'm coming by. I'll be by next Wednesday. I'd love to stop in. So on this occasion, Jesus is traveling through, stops at the house of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And it says in verse 38, Now it happened, as they went, he entered a certain village, Bethany, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now, it says here in verse 40, please note with me, it says, but Martha was distracted. That term in its original language is the word that we often use, worried. It's a word that really means divided, double-minded, uh, one commentator said, dragging all issues around. Martha was distracted. Martha was stressed out. And those of you are, that are getting ready for supper this Thursday know exactly what I'm talking about. If you have any more than two or three guests you're worried about, when am I going to put the turkey in? When are the yams going in? When's the casserole going in? When are the potatoes going to be done? And I've got to put this all together. And, I, and it becomes this stressful situation. I want you to know, 13 men walked into her house and said, hey, we're here. Hey, Martha, how's it going? And Martha became distracted. Martha became worried. Martha had a problem. How am I going to feed these people? Can I, listen, I, I know. Cooking, can, I, I don't know from experience. Let me, let me just say that. I, I don't know from experience, but I know that cooking can be distracting and you're trying to figure it all out and, you know, how much time do I defrost? And, and you know, tur and turkeys freak people out. Turkeys are just one of those things. Like, how much time? And, then, you know, the butterball hotline is crazy. People butterball, hell yeah. How long do I defrost? And how long? And what do I do? And how long should it go in for? And it always comes out dry. And how do I make the gravy? And I... It just becomes stressful. And Martha was there. And here comes little Mary. She decides, Jesus is here. I, I want to sit with him. And Jesus walks into the house and begins to just talk. And Jesus is here and wherever he went, he was ministering and he's talking his, to his disciples and he's just ministering. You know, everything he said was ministry. He's just, he's just sharing. It's Jesus. It's the Son of God. He's sitting in their living room and Martha is there. She's soaking it up. So here we have the, the church dilemma. We have a worker and we have a worshiper. Worker, worshiper. Worker, we need them. We need Martha's. We can't get along in church life without workers. 
Everybody has different gifts. Everybody has different personalities. Everybody has different things to offer. But I'm here to share with you this morning that there's got to be some kind of balance. We, we target Martha. We, we, we go after Martha. We say Martha did the wrong thing, but many of us are exactly like her. We get so busy doing the work of the ministry that we forget to worship every once in a while. Martha was definitely a type A personality. Martha had Jesus in her home and she was stressed out and unsure how she was going to feed these 13 men. She wanted to get a wonderful meal on the table. A meal was no, without question was in order. But what she needed to do was to spend time with Jesus Christ. More to come. One commentator wrote this. Few things are more damaging to our Christian life as to trying to work for Christ without taking time to commune with him. Someone who's been in ministry knows it's not easy. Revelation talks about the church that fell out of love with Jesus. They, they forgot their first love. They're busy rolling up their sleeves and doing all the things that they're supposed to do or that they should do or that they're required to do. But Jesus said, but you forgot me. Oh, let's not be so harsh on Martha because there's Martha's everywhere. So I want to move on from Martha's dilemma to our distractions. Verse 40, part B, says this. It says, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him. So, so let's, let's look at this. Okay, let's just think about this for a second. I don't know what Jesus was talking about. Uh, you, you and I could only speculate. But here's Jesus the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, sitting in their living room, having a conversation with his disciples. And I don't know what he was talking about, but does it really matter? This is Jesus himself sitting in her living room and she's distracted. She's worried and she's stressed out. And I would imagine, you know, in my sanctified imagination, I would imagine she's going, psst, psst, Mary. You come on, you have to know she's peeking around the wall and she's going. And Martha's like, her eyes are right on Jesus. She, she's trying to figure this all out. And Martha says, Jesus, don't you care that I'm the only one slaving in the kitchen? Don't you care? Don't you think it would be right for, Mar for Mary to come and join me? Man. But we're all like that. Here she is, distracted. 
Here she is struggling. And I, I got to share with you this morning that there is no question. There is no question in my mind that the enemy uses two tools, two things in his tool bag that he uses against each and every one of us. Two of them. Simple. You want to break it down to what he tries to do against us? It's two things. One, he wants us to doubt the veracity and the truth of the living word. He wants us to doubt that God is who he says he is. He wants us to doubt that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He wants us to doubt it. But number two, to me, more stressful is anxiety. He wants us to be anxious because he knows that if we become anxious, we'll become agitated. And if we become agitated, we'll become Martha. Jesus, tell Mary to come help me. He knows. The enemy knows that if we become anxious, we'll, we'll lose our joy. Listen, this is what happens during the holidays. He wants you to be so stressed out and so worried about everything hitting the table and everything being done right and the decorations and the cleanliness and everything to be perfect that you will lose your joy and you won't enjoy it. For many years, I watched my mom prepare for Thanksgiving and all the siblings and their spouses would come and, and she'd be stressed out over everything that she wouldn't even sit down and eat with us. And the enemy is looking to distract you and bring anxiety in your life and cause you to have these problems. That's why Paul said, be anxious for nothing. Anxiety will rob you of your peace. Anxiety will, will, will cause you to have health issues. It's been proven. Anxiety will cause you to use these two words. Well, what if? What if I did it this way? And what if I did that? And what if I try this? And what if? And what if? And what if? And what if? Anxiety will cause you to find artificial cures. I don't know if I can deal with this anymore. I think I need a little bit of liquid courage. I'll deal with it, but I got to have a drink first. I'll deal with it, but I've got to take some, something to, to relieve my anxiety. I've got to take something to, to ease the stress. Anxiety will cause you to make unwise decisions. And don't let tasks distract you however I, I want you to look at something here I want you to, to see something with me as, as you consider this passage of scripture so verse 40 says but Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said Lord do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone Therefore, tell her to help me. So it would, it would seem that Martha had two issues. One, Mary wasn't helping. And two, Jesus wasn't doing anything about it. 
Two issues. You see that with me? Two issues. But just like you and I, watch what Jesus says. Verse 41. And Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. You are worried and troubled about many things. She had become overwhelmed. And Jesus decides to take a look under the hood and realize, no, this was just a symptom of the real problem. Martha was coming to the table and she was stressed out about many things. She was anxious about many things. She was ready to bust. And this is what I call a trigger point. Now, let me see if I can explain a trigger point. Life's going on, you're dealing with stuff, and, and everything's coming against you. you. You got bills in the mail, you got bad news from your doctor, and just all of this is coming, and, and you're just dealing with life, and you get phone calls from a sick friend, and, and all of it is starting to go, and, and, and you're just going through life, and then all of a sudden, one simple thing happens. One simple thing, and it triggers an outburst, I can't believe this is going on in my life. One simple trigger point. One simple thing that causes you to lose your mind. And Jesus knew that Martha had more going on than she even complained about. But what about you? What about you? I could stand up here this morning and share all the stuff that I'm going through. There's a lot that we go through that even in some cases no one knows about. There's a lot of things that keep you up at night that cause you to stare at a dark ceiling and wonder what's going to happen. What am I going to do? How am I going to face this? What is distracting you this morning? What keeps you up at night? What, what keeps you all tied up in knots? What, what causes you to zone out? What causes you to sit in church and not pay attention to anything I'm saying, just kind of worried about what's going to happen when you leave here? What is it that's robbing you of all that God has for you this morning? And you know, the truth is, Unlike any time in history, we can talk and, and kind of be on the same page this morning because we're going through a very unique time. And, and I kind of wanted to pull out a few weeks ago. I, I just had this. I didn't know that our pastor was going to ask us to ask me to preach, but I, I kind of put together some, some thoughts and some headlines now, I'm not going to get political this morning. If you're in my classes, you know sometimes I kind of lose it a little bit. So, But I'm not going to do that this morning. I just want to share with you some headlines that have caused us all to be a little stressed. A few weeks ago, there was a headline that said, Farmers are worried because we may have a turkey shortage.
then they reported, well, you may get your turkey, but it'll cost you twice as much. Then there are headlines that say, and it's still going on today, that there are cargo ships off the port of California just sitting there waiting with all of your Christmas supplies. So, a headline said, Christmas in Jeopardy. Then there was one that that we're all watching, and and again, I'm not trying to make a political announcement here, but there's this whole idea of vaccine mandates. And people are being threatened with their jobs because of these vaccine mandates. School board meetings have now involved the FBI. Shoplifting has gone crazy, people just blatantly walking in the stores and loading their cars up with thousands of dollars because no one's going to arrest them because we're just not doing it anymore. Schools have become an incredible bastion of violence. You're afraid to take your, drop your kids to school. I'm glad my daughter's a senior in high school because homeschool, any younger, would have been the way to go. What else we got? Colleges, incredibly liberal. Gender, what pronoun do we use? A few weeks ago, a senator, a U.S. senator, was followed into the bathroom while she was in a stall. Again, this is not political. These are headlines. Drugs are invading our country like never before. And I'll end with this one. What are they doing with Superman? Now, I don't know about you, but these headlines stress me out. You, you, if, you, if you don't want to be stressed, don't watch television, don't watch the news. It's just crazy, and I'm not talking about, I'm talking about all of them, Fox, MSNBC, CNN. Don't watch it, it's crazy. You, you can't help but be stressed. And all of this doesn't even include what you're going through today. All of these stressful headlines don't even include the fact that this may be your first holiday without a loved one. The fact that you're you're facing a medical situation that you don't know what to do with. The fact that your finances, COVID has ruined you and you don't know what to do. All of these pressures and you've got children deciding what they're going to do with their future or you've got kids that are getting ready to go to school and you're trying to figure out where am I going to place them and what am I going to do and all of these things are stressing you out and you have every right to be stressed this morning because there's a lot going on. We've got a lot of things that can distract us. We've got a lot of things that we're dealing with today. But I want to close reminding us that God has a remedy. God's got an answer for our defeat. God's got an answer for our difficulties. How can I do it? I want to show you from Scripture the simplest words of Jesus Christ, but yet they are incredibly profound. Watch what he says. He says, but one thing is needed. Let me just share with you. I want to share with you. I'm not a big 
proponent of this, but the, the New American Standard Version says, but only one thing is necessary. The Living Bible says there is really only one thing worth being concerned about. The message says the only one thing is essential. Jesus says you got all these things distracting you. You've got all these problems. You've got COVID to deal with. You've got government that is crazy. You've got people that this country is divided like never before. But Jesus is telling you this morning there's only one thing you have to worry about and that's me. Jesus Christ says, spend time with me, worship me, sit at my feet, forget about everything else. Jesus tells Martha, don't be bothered by all these things. Just spend time. Learn from Mary. Learn from Mary. Every time you see Mary in the Bible, in this chapter, she's at his feet. In John chapter 11, when word comes that her brother is dead, and Jesus comes into town. She goes and falls at the feet of Jesus. Chapter 12, she's the one that pours oil on his feet. Most believe that she's the one that tore the alabaster box, this expensive box of perfume she had been saving her whole life for. It probably had been a gift that was willed to her. And she breaks it open and pours it on him and wipes his feet with her hair. Mary understood that the safest place for her to be was at the feet of Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, there's one thing I want you to understand when you ask yourself, how can I do it? It's simple. All you have to do is be at the feet of Jesus. He's the one that walked on water. He's the one that changes everything. He's the one that spoke a word and the, the storm stopped. He's the one that created heavens and the earth. He is the one who is the lion. He is the lamb of God. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. And ladies and gentlemen, he tells you all you need to do is one thing. And that is worship me. Worship me. Whatever you're going through this morning, I want to share with you very simply. It's not complicated. It's not, you don't have to figure it all out. Only thing you have to do is learn from Mary. One thing is needed. One thing is necessary. Everything else takes a back seat. All I want to do is be a worshiper. All I want to do is be a worshiper. I, like Mary, it says, verse 40. Two, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part. I want to be guilty of choosing that good part. But I got to warn you this morning. Hear me when I say this. I love the fact that you're here this morning. You may be watching online. But I'm going to share with you something that a pastor would share with you. That's not enough. That's only the starting point. When we talk about worshiping Jesus, that means you've got to spend time with him every morning, every night, whenever you can. You've got to understand that worshiping him and being at his feet is something that we must do every single day. 
34 days. Christmas will be here, but we're stressed already. We've got to decorate the house. We've got to decorate the tree. We've got to buy more gifts. We've got to worry about, you know, is it going to be available? We've got to go get it early. What are we going to have? What parties are we going to? When are we going to get there? Do we have it on our schedule? Is there enough time to do all these things? And I'm here to tell you, Jesus is saying, listen, 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 Martha. Listen. All you need to do is learn from Mary and do the one thing that she has learned to do. Be at the feet of Jesus. It all begins. It all ends. It culminates in the presence of Jesus Christ. In the midst of stress, in the midst of busyness, in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of your hurt, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your fear, in the midst of crowds, in the midst of those annoying masks, in the midst of all of it, Jesus is saying, spend time in my presence. We must be the game changer. And we must choose the one thing. And today I challenge you. I challenge you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Are you a worshiper? Do you spend time at his feet? Your circumstances should never dictate whether you worship or not. I want to be in the presence of Jesus. If anything, my circumstances should draw me closer. There has never been a time that is more effective for you to share Jesus Christ. Because whether you recognize it or not, ladies and gentlemen, the world is so hungry today for an answer. Hungry for an answer. And the answer is this one thing. The feet of Jesus Christ. Are you a worshiper? Are you someone who's going to set aside and take time to be holy? Are you going to take time to share his truth? Are you going to take time to be reminded like Saul that obedience is greater than sacrifice. How can I do it? How can I overcome anxiety? How can I overcome the struggles of my life? And, and listen, the struggles are real. I'm not making this up. The struggles are real. But Jesus is bigger. Jesus is stronger. Jesus has the power and if you place Christ first, he will see you through. Oh, you can be an overcomer this morning. Jesus, I need your peace. Jesus, I need your presence. Jesus, I need your power. Jesus, I need your purpose for my life. Lord sees Martha's, but he wants Mary's. And we should spend time at his feet. 
and everything we do should be in the mind of Christ. Remember this morning to be a worshiper. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Jesus tells Martha very simply one thing is needed and Mary has chosen the good part which will not be taken from her with every head bowed and every eye closed my challenge to you this morning is to come to the feet of Jesus Lord Jesus I need to be in your presence Father God we ask you tonight to this morning to, to make this altar the feet of Jesus I challenge every person in this room who says listen Bob, you, you, you hit it right on the head. You have no idea what I'm struggling with. You have no idea what I'm going through. You have no idea my financial situation. You have no idea my medical situation. You have no idea the pain that is going on in my family. You have no idea the struggles I face. You have no idea what I'm wrestling with. And I'm here to tell you, you are 100% right. I have no idea. But Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of the Father, interceding for each and every one of you, knows exactly what you're going through. And he's saying to you this morning, Martha, Martha, you are stressed and anxious and troubled about many things. But all I need you to do is what Mary's done. She has chosen the one thing that is necessary. And I'm going to invite you this morning to come to the feet of Jesus. We'll have ministers up here who are willing to pray with you if you want someone to pray with you. If not, just come at the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you. Every hour, every moment, every second, I need you. Everyone standing in this room. And as the music continues to play, I want to invite you this morning to come and be like Mary give up Martha and be like Mary this morning and come to the feet of Jesus. We want to pray with you. We want to open up this altar. There's plenty of room here. I challenge you right now to come to the feet of Jesus. time for one more I want to pray with you this morning I want to pray that God would break the yoke of fear and anxiety over your life 
I want to pray that this season, this Christmas season beginning today will be the best you've ever had because you're going to let it all go and give it to a holy God and let Jesus intercede for you this morning. I want to give you one more second. One more second. Come to the feet of Jesus. Father, as we come before you, we thank you this morning that you have given us the privilege of coming to the feet of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us to learn from him. Help us to listen to his voice. Help us to follow him. Help us to be obedient to him. Father, we thank you this morning that you have given us the one thing that we need. And when we ask ourselves, how can I do it? How can I be an overcomer? How can I face this struggle? How can I face this difficulty? How am I going to face this fear? How am I going to face this anxiety? Jesus will remember and echo in our spirit. There's only one thing you need. There's only one thing you need. There's only one thing you need. And that's to be at the feet of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you today that we have the ability to fall at the feet of Jesus. Help us to be worshipers. Help us to trust you. Help us to depend on you in all that we do, in all that we are, in all that we say, in all that we share, in all that we live, that we would trust you. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name, we lift up all these things. Amen and amen and amen.